Welcome back to Tuesday Takeover here on the X106. Austin McNorton, Nolan Brooks here on the first episode of the 2019-20 year Tuesday Takeover. And we are going to play your favorite game from last season, mascot matchup, where we throw everything out the window. We throw stats, we throw players, we throw coaches. It's irrelevant. None of it matters. It's strictly looking at the mascots. It's looking at who would beat who in a kind of, I guess you could say, like Super Smash Brothers, like <laughs> Super Face Smash Off, Brothers, or, you yeah. know, something like, you know. So normally at this time of the day, we would go over our winners and losers and then play this game. But we're in week 0.5, as we've kind of coined the term. And. So we don't have any winners and losers to go over unless we want to pick just the two teams that played. Um, So we are going to just play this game today. We got eight games here for you. We'll start here with a great one. The Norfolk State. So this is is how the game works before before I spoil it. This is how the game works. I'll pick a winner. Nolan will pick a winner. We'll explain why. We'll explain why this and if we have the same winner, then we'll just move on to the next one. And we'll explain why this mascot is better than the, <laughs> is better than the other one in a head-to-head matchup. So we'll start first with the Norfolk State Spartans versus the Old Dominion Monarchs. Now, if you don't know, a monarch is a lion-type figure or just a king. I don't really know how to, like – to me, I think it's just a king. I don't really think – of a lion necessarily. I think of a king. So a Spartan or a king. This is tough. We're getting we're getting medieval here on Tuesday Takeover right now. Uh, okay, here's the <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're going full on medieval here. Alright. Who you got? I don't know if you've ever watched a medieval battle, but from what I've seen, a king only fights when he absolutely has to, right? Right. The army does it for him. Okay. With Spartans, I don't know if you've seen the movie 300, but they all fight. King Leonidas even fights for the Spartans. Ooh, right. that's an interesting piece into this story, maybe. So nor- the Spartans, I think, will run away with that, and they will take down the monarchs because the Spartans fight as a unit, and the Spartans all fight, and they're... They have their strategies, whereas the monarch relies on mostly the army. And and, and see, that's that's kind of where I'm leaning towards as well. I mean, have you ever seen – we were both bringing up movies now. Have you ever seen Troy? Have you ever seen yes, that movie Troy? Love that movie. With the Spartans versus the Trojans. And Achilles is told to do uh, – is told to do certain things by the king. But Achilles is like, I'm the soldier. I'm going to do what I want. And I think that's kind of the mentality here that the Spartans would take. Yeah. The king can tell him what he, what to do. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to do it. No. He says, go out and fight. Oh, I'm going to turn around and stab you behind the back. And you 
and there, I mean, I feel like that's happened a lot, right? In like medieval yeah, stories yeah. and stuff that like an uprising or, you know, <laughs> like an overthrowing the king. I think this is a classic. So we're both going Spartans. Spartans, yeah. Both going the Spartans. Next, I didn't even know this was a school. I don't know how it didn't come up. I once. might be a fan of this school now. After I am 100% maybe the biggest fan of this school. <laughs> I don't know how this school didn't come up last last year at all once on this game. So here we go. The Campbell now this is this is a real the Campbell fighting camels versus the Troy Trojans. The fighting camels is a this is real. I I didn't know this. I don't know how it didn't come up once last year. But you know, I I kind of it makes sense for me to immediately go Trojans. But I think I'm going to be a little biased in this one. My sister's name is Campbell, and I think it's just—I <laughs> think it's just such a crazy. I've never—I've never even heard the fighting camels. I'm gonna go with them. I think it's just so unbelievably hilarious. I'm gonna go with the upset pick over the Trojans. <laughs> when that's, the, in reality, it's probably not accurate, but no, I'm gonna no, be biased, no. and that's what I'm leaning towards. When I picture a fighting <laughs> camel in my head. I know. What I see, I don't see the hooves <gasps> for hands. I do see camels charge. See, do they even charge or but, do anything like, aggressive? When you think of a fighting camel, I don't see hooves for hands. I see legitimate hands, muscles, <laughs> a six pack, holding like a sword. <laughs> I don't know, but just just something just absolutely wild <laughs> for a. <laughs> It looks like so. If you got if hey listeners, pull up the logo of this. It looks like a pretty mean camel. Pretty like, mean camel. But when you're facing a Trojan with a sword, I'm still going to go with the camels because I just love it so okay, much. Okay, but let's but. let's think about this. Um, I'm seeing a a <laughs> mascot photo where it has hands and it's holding a t-shirt gun. So um, I'm just oh. saying. If that's, <laughs> I'm seeing one here with boxing gloves. I think that's freaking fantastic. So, I mean, to be honest with you, I want to go with the fighting camels because it's we so both pull cool the trigger on the fighting camels. Because oh my god, how often I'm do you so hear happy. of a fighting camel? Not once. So fighting once. camels, it is. Oh fighting my gosh, camels. I can't be more happy than I am right now that we both picked the fighting camels. <laughs> Next, we're going to go with a bird matchup between Incarnate Ward, the Cardinals, versus the University of Texas San Antonio Roadrunners. Now, to me, this one, I honestly think seems kind of relatively easy. I'm going to go with the Roadrunners. Um, Wiley Coyote never catches this dude. Never. (laughs) And he's been chasing this man for probably, I don't know, how long has that show been in existence? Probably over 20, probably more than like 30 years, I'd probably guess. (laughs) Um, Never catches this dude. So the Cardinal is, I think, more of an aggressive bird, I think. if, I mean, I guess I'm not a bird expert. Um, We have the blinds closed here on the windows to the studio, so we can't even bird watch. (laughs) So (laughs) we're definitely definitely not experts. Yeah. but I think I'm still going to go with the Roadrunners. It's just why the Coyote can't catch this dude. I don't think the Cardinals going to be able to either. Um, I'm going to stick with you too. I'm going to go with the Roadrunners. Um, by the way, the Roadrunner show was 
error was produced between 1949 and 1964. Oh, wow. So it was around for a while. So um, it's been on for close to 50 years. Somehow that Roadrunner has years. been able to tie pianos and stuff to strings to hit Wiley Coyote. And I don't see a little... Smart individual. I don't see a cardinal avoiding that, especially if uh, this Roadrunner is going to do so. So uh, Roadrunners all the way. Nolan and I are green quite a bit today, and I'm pretty happy with the pick so far. <laughs> the fourth game we are going to be looking at here is going to be between the Syracuse Orange and the Liberty Flames. Well, I'm going to go. I, with the, can I start this? Yes, please. You ever seen an orange on fire? I have. Believe it or not, I haven't. It's not pretty. So you've seen. When have you seen an orange on fire? I was in Florida in spring break. And there was a drink being made, an adult beverage. Fair enough. Where they lit up an orange a little bit to give off an aroma. Whoa! For the drink. It was, I didn't buy it. I didn't have enough money for it. So I'm going to go with the flames because an orange on fire just does not sound very successful. I mean, so. with your logic, I really I don't <laughs> think I can really go against that. Um, I mean, <laughs> based on your reasoning, I don't have any like I don't have any dispute to say that the orange would would win that. I don't see you can't <laughs> punch a flame. You just light yourself on that's, fire, right? Uh, that's game over for Syracuse. Oh yeah, um, flames all the way, baby. <laughs> Fifth matchup here, we have the Portland State Vikings. Versus the Arkansas Razorbacks. Hmm. This is a little bit closer. This is interesting because... It, How big is the Razorback? This is not... <laughs> first of all, the Razorback is not like your typical cute little like pink pig. Like this just, no, you know... it's a boar. This is a vicious creature in this country. Yeah. But the Vikings are probably one of the most ferocious like group of individuals maybe in the history of the world. So I think I'm going to go with – I think I'm going to go with the Vikings. <laughs> I mean, I the think – The Razorbacks are a lot more – this, this is a closer matchup than I think people think. Well, just I think what it would come down to for me is how how, how big is a Razorback? I mean, are we – It can vary, I think. I mean, I feel like we, they can get are pretty – Are we talking I feel like, like – I feel like it can get pretty big. I would imagine it to be – Holy crap. I, I just looked up how big an adult Razorback boar is. It can get anywhere f- up to four feet tall. That's pretty substantial. Now, now, that, if we're talking like, four foot <coughs> pack we're of wild like boars, Pumba here, like <laughs> if we're talking team, that like, kind of boar, fully grown four foot boar coming at a group of Vikings. Um, in Game of Thrones, a king got killed by a boar. Hey. So I mean, so you're you're leaning towards the Razorbacks. Now, I just I don't <laughs> know what I just backtrack everything. You I just, just don't said. know what the limitations are. Is it a <laughs> pack of boars? I'd assume so. If we're if we're saying it's like a full team, if it's a pack of boars, then I'm going to go with the Razorbacks because you get them running fast enough. A pack of four foot boars running over the Vikings. Uh, I think the Razorbacks could do it, so I'm taking the Razorbacks. And I'm still going to go with the Vikings. There we uh, go. There's our first there's our first difference, difference right there. <laughs> um, James Madison Dukes versus the West Virginia Mountaineers. Now, to me, a Mountaineer is just 
a different breed of person. Just like <laughs> an absolute like I can survive in the Appalachian Mountains for a substantial amount of time on who knows what. <laughs> you can look at it like that with like the musket and everything. Or you could maybe look at it as a guy who sits around a barn playing a banjo. Like, what mountaineer are we really talking to? A mountain, a mountaineer with like you know the fox hat and the musket. That's the mountaineer I picture. That's the mountaineer I picture. But then you could also look at the mountaineer with the long white beard sitting on a tree stump playing a banjo. So it really comes down to what mountaineer you're going to go to. I'm going to go with the musket mountaineer, yeah. and that's what I say <laughs> leans over the proper professional dukes that james madison is i'm gonna go with the crazy fighting mountaineer in oh, this yeah. one every time oh yeah I, i'm agreeing <laughs> with you i'm just gonna keep it short for you i mean mountaineer with a gun a duke doesn't have a gun mountaineer i, a, I mean a that's gun. kind of a difference exactly so uh mountaineers all the way man so next we're gonna go with the colgate raiders versus the air force falcons now boy this is tough because i mean it's the Air Force. So, like, that's... <laughs> they could fly. <laughs> what can really beat the Air Force? Oh, man, this is tough. This may be the toughest one on here, honestly. Maybe you can sway me into maybe a direction you're leaning. Okay. If we're talking Falcon, are we talking, like, the bird? Or are we talking, like, like military really plane? It's, if it's a military it's plane, a military it should plane, be a contest. It should, it's not a contest. No. And I think that's what I'm going to lean towards. That it's a military plane because it's Air Force, right? Yes. That's okay. what I lean towards. Then Air Force all the then way. Then it's a blowout. You just, all right. <laughs> yeah. You carpet bomb the Raiders. Now this – now this, <laughs> oh, there you go. Now this may be – this is one that Nolan found, which I think is great. And I hope I say this right. The San Diego Toreros yes. versus the Cal Poly Mustangs. Now a Torero is a bullfighter. Yeah, a bullfighter. So if it can avoid a bull charging at it as fast should be as able it to do a should be able to avoid a Mustang. So I'm going to go with San Diego. I'm going to go with the Torero. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go with Toreros as well. I mean – So we deferred on one. We deferred on one. Portland State Vikings and the Arkansas Razorbacks. But, boy, we had some good one. Honestly, the Campbell fighting camels may be the mascot <laughs> of Tuesday takeover for, from now on. Oh, like, yeah. We'll they get might a t-shirt have to, made and everything. We honestly might be looking to get some t-shirts for the Campbell Fighting Camels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. I'm, I'm not opposed. <laughs> I'm not opposed to wearing a fighting We're going to come shirt. back. We're going to actually talk about football again. We're going to bring back the <laughs> staff. We're going to bring back the players. We're going to bring back the coaches. We are going to preview week one of college football right here on the X106. Welcome back to Tuesday Takeover here on the X106, episode one of the 2019-20 season. Austin McNorton, Nolan Brooks here with you, and it is now officially time to preview the three conferences that we are going to be looking at heavily here on Tuesday Takeover. We will start with the Big Ten, and so we'll kind of look at some of the teams that are going to be highlighted um, in the Big Ten this season, and then we will look at, we'll predict who we think the winner of each conference will be. We might even predict uh, who the player of the conference will be, um, and we will go from there from each of the three conferences. So starting out, we will look at the Big Ten conference, and 
Obviously, the storyline with the Big Ten this season is going to be Ohio State and Michigan, as they always are. Ohio State coming in at the number five spot. Michigan, number seven. You look at the rest of the Big Ten coming in. It drops off a little bit from Michigan to number 15, where there's Penn State. Maybe a little bit of surprise there being them being that high. And then following in suit, three straight Big Ten teams. at Number 18, Michigan State. 19, Wisconsin. 20, Iowa. And then coming in at the number 24 spot, the Nebraska Cornhuskers in what will be uh, – uh, Coach Frost. What's his first – I can't think of his first name. <laughs> oh, oh, I am oh, totally and, blanking right now on Nebraska's head coach. Something Frost. Scott Frost. Scott oh, Frost. my goodness. Scott Frost in his second year with the Cornhuskers. So you look at who – what uh, each team is kind of predicted to finish. Um, Mich- Ohio State is, as of right now, preseason favorite to win the Big Ten. Um. Nolan, do you agree? Do I agree that Ohio State's going to win? Who do you think wins the Big Ten? I think Michigan's going to win the Big Ten. You're going with the Wolverines. I think. I know it's. I know it's tough, um, and I know that Ohio State. Ohio State looks really good right now. Really, really. They do, but really there are good. a lot of question marks with this team. Also, they're 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 in great shape. The only I think what scares me about picking Michigan for this division is that they're 0-4 against Ohio State <laughs> yeah. under Jim Harbaugh. They, they, but this, is a, this do it. could potentially be a new Ohio State team, new coach, new quarterback. Okay, but Ohio State's also still 3-0 under him as the interim head coach. It's true. So he knows what to do. He does. You know what? I'm changing my pick. You Ohio- talked yourself out of it. I did. I did. Talk I talked yourself- myself out of it. <laughs> Ohio State's going to win that division. What? Yeah. Um... I'm gonna agree. Um, I, I just, I really like Michigan. I really, really do. I think it, Michigan's definitely I gonna too, fight with but them. They have not proven to me that they can beat this team. They no. haven't been able to. No. And to me, I yeah, just, uh, new head coach, yeah, but it's still the same team. And this new head coach isn't changing. This isn't like Les Miles coming into Kansas and completely blowing up the program and saying we're starting from ground zero. This is. This is a coach who's coming in and saying we're doing the exact same thing Urban Meyer did. That's I mean that's it. You're, we're going to do the exact same thing. The winning, still winning be dominant. Program. We're still yeah. going to be dominant. We're still going to be fighting for the college football playoff, and we're going to look to win the Big Ten. And I'm going to go with them. I'm not going to bet against this team unless I can see a team like a t- unless I can see a team like Michigan beating them. And right now I can't. I think. I think something that's going to help Michigan is they did hire Alabama assistant coach Josh Gaddis. It's going to help with the offense. You're right. Absolutely. I think I think that's going to give a new type. That's of always kind of been a problem to, to Michigan. Yeah. Is there's defense yeah. has always been defense has maybe been the best phenomenal. in the Big Ten. Quite yeah. honestly, maybe the best in the Big Ten. Phenomenal. Um, but, but the offense falls and it can't produce for and, them. And then I'm looking at offensive or I'm going to go with player of the year in this conference. And to me, I think this is a guy who will probably make the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Um, Jonathan Taylor for Wisconsin, the running back for Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor. Last season, he broke the 2,000-yard mark. Um, He had 16 touchdowns. And this this is a guy who averages seven yards per carry. Um, I think he could be in the Heisman Trophy candidacy all season long. 
Um, and I think he could um, make the uh, Big Ten West a little interesting. And, of course, the Big Ten West includes teams like Iowa and Nebraska. Um, but I think Jonathan Taylor is a huge difference maker for this team. I mean, I don't necessarily see him um, being the difference of, oh, Wisconsin getting into the college football playoff race. Not to that extreme, but this is a guy who I think could end up at the Heisman Trophy ceremony. He's that good. Oh, definitely. He, I mean, he proved it. And I think last season exactly. I I think, I think he's he's easily going to be another guy that'll come out and try and replicate, if not do better. And if you're, I mean, he was already in the conversation for it last year. Yeah. So I mean, he he knows what it takes to be in that conversation again, and he's just going to have to come out and perform. I mean, when, when you're at a program like Wisconsin, I mean, it's people sleep on Wisconsin football a lot. And they, really they, they they just haven't performed to the level that I think they've been held to. They've been they've been at a very high point, you know. Um, you know, through four or five years ago, Wisconsin was in the top ten every year. And it was it was a good program and I mean they're not back at that level right now, but yeah. they have a chance to be and I think I think they need to take advantage of that with him. We will so we both have Ohio State winning the Big Ten this season. We'll see if that happens. I think uh, Justin Fields will make a big difference for Ohio State. A lot of people kind of quite honestly forgot about the fact that he's there. He's there, um, he's gonna and be he's, good. Not, he's not some you know backup who wasn't good. He was the number one player out of the state of Georgia. And the only way, the only reason he's not starting at Georgia right now is because Jake Fromm is. And Jake Fromm's pretty darn good at football. So we'll go to the Big 12 now. Um, I think right now the uh, preseason player of the year is Sam Ellinger. The preseason champion of the year is Oklahoma. So I think these are definitely the two front runners in the Big 12. I think a dark horse team is Iowa State. They're bringing Brock Purdy back uh, as a starter. They haven't really had a starting quarterback come back in quite some time. I think Matt Campbell's a head coach for the Cyclones who's really starting to get some serious momentum for this Cyclone team. But in my opinion, I'm really high on Lincoln Riley, and I think this is a team that this is – Wins the Big 12. Um, I think they could maybe drop a game to uh, Iowa State. So it could be maybe an 11-1 team. But I think when it comes down to it, they'll win the Big 12 championship. When it comes down to it, that championship game, that's a game that Oklahoma tends to win. They tend to rise up for. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and say Oklahoma wins the Big 12 again. Oh, yeah. I I know I'm being boring. Oh, Ohio State. Oh, Oklahoma. But – these teams are pretty good. Yes, <laughs> These yes. teams are pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think Oklahoma's going to win the Big 12. So we're not believers in Texas being back. I think they're back, but I don't think they're that back. Okay. You think they, Oklahoma still has the slight edge? Yes. I think Oklahoma's the slight edge because Lincoln Riley knows what it takes to be a good program. Um, however, if Texas does make the right move – they did beat Oklahoma and Georgia last year. They did. But they lost eight they starters. They were really good against they Georgia. They lost eight starters, and they lost their top wide receiver. So, 
take what you want out of that. Take they also had the salt. preseason Big 12 player of the year in Sam Ellinger. Yes, though. and that that's the Which plus, is, is that he's yes. coming back. But you lost your top wide receiver and eight starters. So I think on defense, their defense was phenomenal. That's what I mean. If you think about if you think about the Oklahoma and Georgia offense last year, and you beat both of them, I mean your defense had to be top notch. And losing that many guys is going to hurt. And that's why that's that's where that advantage is. I think for Oklahoma is Texas defense is not going to be as good as it was last year. And Jalen Hurts is going to come in there and perform well enough to get them over the challenge of Texas because they're going to be a challenge. I think my dark horse team, I think TCU could make some noise uh, in the Big 12. Yeah. Uh, TCU uh, has had some good years. Um, they have a Gary fantastic – Gary a very good yes, coach. They have a fantastic wide receiver, a young wide receiver there, and I think I think they could make some noise. But overall, it's going to be a run between Texas and Oklahoma – and seeing if Texas can maybe overcome that loss of those guys. If not, it's Oklahoma's uh, division for the taking. So we'll look at who's ranked in the Big 12, and it's kind of the teams that we've been hinting on a little bit already. Oklahoma at the four spot, just behind Georgia. Texas right behind Notre Dame at the 10 spot. And then we look at the rest of the Big 12, and there's Iowa State sitting there at number 21. So just three teams ranked uh, in the AP preseason poll for college football. That's probably likely to change based on some other outcomes of teams. But this is a conference that I think is going to be pretty solid offensively, but it's also going to have a lot of question marks. We go back to the coaching carousel that we were kind of joking about earlier and the new quarterbacks, Oklahoma with a new quarterback, um, Texas with a returning quarterback, Iowa State with a returning quarterback, Oklahoma State with um, a returning head coach, a little bit lackluster of a defense. Um, And then you look at Texas Tech, new head coach, Kansas State, new head coach, West Virginia, new head coach, Kansas, new head coach. And all four of those teams uh, are bringing up the bottom of the Big 12. But those are definitely not teams that are going to be pushed over. I mean, you look at... I mean, even Kansas really is is a team that's going to be completely different than what we saw, and a team that has one of the most electric players really in the entire Big 12 in Puka Williams. And then you look at Kansas State, who's bringing back their starting quarterback in Skylar Thompson. And what's interesting to me about that dynamic at Kansas State is that Skylar Thompson was getting heavily recruited by Chris Kleiman to go to North Dakota State. Chris Kleiman wanted him to be the guy at North Dakota State. Um, but once Skylar Thompson picked up the offer from Bill Snyder, he, I mean, he's going to go D1. He wants to go play D1. So now the dynamic of a coach who heavily recruited you, likes the way you played, is now working with you on the same team just by chance, I think is going to be really fun to watch at Kansas State. Um, we mentioned the uh, quarterback situation and new head coach situation um, at West Virginia with with Austin Kendall now at the helm. And then Texas Tech, of course, expect them to have another good offense. Expect them to create havoc. They always do. May not make a bowl game, but if they beat Texas, it wouldn't surprise me. Like that's a team. That's the team that Texas Tech is. So then I'll ask you, who's your conference player of the year for the Big Twelve? 
before we move on to the SEC? I think it's going to be Jalen Hurts. I know okay. that's I God. I hate being so cliche. I hate I hate how people. Oh my God, you see Jalen Hurts. Everybody <laughs> likes Jalen Hurts. I don't care. Like it's it, Jalen Hurts is pretty good at football. It's hard to deny him. I mean, very. It, I I realize the Big Twelve is not what the SEC is. I realize that. I get that. If you if you think I don't understand what the SEC is compared to the Big Twelve, I mean, come on. We all know it's it's yes. a Goliath and it's. And Nolan, David and, Goliath, and Nolan and basically. I are both – we're both Big 12 guys. Yes. But we're both Big 12 guys, but I understand we know that the SEC is, is the best yes, football yes. conference. We so know that. That's why I think Jalen Hurts coming into Oklahoma is going to be a very good opportunity for him. Um, I really like the quarterback at Texas. I really do. Sam th- Ellinger, yeah. I, Sam Ellinger. I, I think he's fantastic. Played great last year. He really I did. Just, I never – I wasn't as impressed with him as a lot of people were because he couldn't get over the hump. I can't believe in Texas until they actually prove it to me. And beat Oklahoma in the right situation. And and beat Oklahoma. And again, they beat Oklahoma last year, but they didn't beat him in the Big 12 championship. And the game mattered. And and, and every year, even when when Texas was, was, was not good with Charlie Strong, this was a team that made the top 25 pretty much every year. They were always overhyped to me. They never lived up to it. So until they do, I'm going to continue to pick the Sooners. I'm going to continue to lean on Iowa State. I'm going to continue to lean on TCU because Texas hasn't shown me otherwise. Exactly, and that's why I think it's hard to not pick Jalen Hurts. I know that's. I know a lot of people are thinking that he he might not work well in the Big Twelve because. And like you, you mentioned this earlier, the SEC is a very hard hitting, a very, very straightforward, a nose down. They come the after Big 12 you. Conference is not the, the Big, Big 12, Twelve is, is not. No. Go make a play. No, the Big Twelve is a very, a very systematic type league. You see a lot more diverse offenses. Yes. You know how to move around. You know how to run systems. Whereas in the SEC, they're bigger, they're faster. And they run right through you. Exactly. So I think Jalen Hurts, yes, might have a bit Maybe of a challenge getting used to it. Maybe an adjustment. And that, that happens. But I think he's still good enough. If you're the Alabama starting quarterback and you win national titles, you're good enough to go to another conference where it's going to allow you to become a systematic quarterback where you can expand your game and become a better guy. And I think that's why he's going to win Big 12 Player of the Year. I want I I, I kind of want hint, him to win it. I kind I kind of hinted at this earlier. I, I Sam Ellinger is good. He's really good, and he has gotten Texas. I don't want to say back, but he's gotten he's gotten them to a point of being talked about and considered for the Big Twelve championship again. But until I see them do it, I'm not going – I'm just not going to pick them. I, I can't – I'm yeah. not taking the bait until it actually happens. Definitely. Like, Oklahoma is just too good. So I'm, I'm going to go with Lincoln Riley. I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts. Um, I don't know if necessarily Jalen Hurts will win the Heisman Trophy. I mean that – but I think Big 12 Player of the Year is definitely within his reach. Yeah. I mean have you read the Bleacher Report on Jalen Hurts? Have you read the prediction on him? I'm not. I mean, the, the, the numbers they're through the roof. They're, no, not, not it's not numbers. It's like a prediction of what they oh, okay, think he's okay, going to okay. do, and it's literally saying what I was talking about. They're talking about how his he's good enough to win a national title. He did in Alabama. His, yep. It says 
and I quote, his passing passing motion looked improved in the spring game. He notably had a tighter drop back and a quicker delivery. Expect Lincoln Riley to continue maximizing Hurts' strengths by having him roll out to his right and rely on his ridiculously talented receiving core. Which Oklahoma literally always has. So they're putting him in the situation. When do they not have a talented wide receiving core? Exactly. To be honest. They're giving him the situation to go out and perform and play well. So Jalen Hurts and Oklahoma, this is their division. And another thing that I find intriguing when it comes to Texas is that they have a really tough non conference game as well. Um, They play or they host LSU, who's. The number six team in the nation. Week two. Week two. Week two. Week two, they host. That'll probably be game day. LSU at Texas. So, I mean, if they get past that and they look good doing it against LSU, then Lillian and I might be shaking a little bit saying, yeah. ooh, maybe we should They're definitely on my, they're on my mean, they're radar. On my, exactly. But... They're on my radar, but until I see them actually, you know. Yes. so They got to prove something. The to Big us. 12 is... Maybe not as deep of a conference that it has been, but it still has some of the make some noise most heavy hitters in the nation. And then we move into the SEC where it seems like every team in that conference is a heavy hitter. Um, even a team um, that may not necessarily be playing anything is, I think, a team that's uh, – gonna have a great season and that's a local team um in the missouri tigers i want to pull up their schedule here real quick because when you look at the the tiger schedule it's not they they avoid some of the heavy hitters um a a tough non-conference game uh, i put a tough yeah kind of against west virginia and then they play uh, and then you look at the rest of their schedule, South Carolina, Troy, Mississippi, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and then they got, in back-to-back weeks, Georgia, Florida, and then they finish with Tennessee, Arkansas. They avoid Auburn. They avoid Texas A&M. They avoid um, Alabama. They avoid LSU. The team that I'm really looking at that could maybe beat this Missouri team is maybe Kentucky, Florida, and and I don't know about Florida really, and and Georgia. I think this is a Missouri team that could go nine and three, but for what? Isn't that brutal? I mean, that is tough. That's the I mean, this is one of your most of promising. SEC. This is one of the most your promising seasons in Tiger football that we've seen since they were the number two team in the nation playing against Kansas and Arrowhead. Hey, I mean, really, this is one of the most promising seasons that we've seen, and yet because of NCAA sanctions put on them, they're not playing for anything. They can't make a they can't play in a bowl game. They I mean, maybe it'll be appealed, but chances are it'll be upheld. And it's going to be such a promising season for the Tigers. So I think that's a dark horse is what I would lean towards even though Ah, what are they playing for? Um, Transparent. But then I think in terms of who wins the SEC, (sighs) boy, I really really want to go with Georgia. But 
Um, I, I really want to go with Georgia, but I think I'm just – It's hard to deny Alabama. It really mm, is. I think I'm going to go with Georgia. You know, I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm going to – no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I keep going back and forth. I don't know yeah. what I'm doing. I'm going to go – I'm going to go with Alabama. I'm going to say that two is the player of the year. Uh, Nick Saban's going to be the coach of the year. Um, and obviously that game – Georgia-Alabama Part 3, last season, of course, Alabama broke the Bulldogs' hearts, um, eliminating them from the SEC title, eliminating them from the college football playoff. And I'm really high on Kirby Smart, and I'm really high on guys like um, Montez Sweat, and I'm really – is he – maybe not that – Jake Fromm, I, I just – this Georgia team is going to be good. Um, so I'm still going to go with Alabama. I keep trying to, like, talk myself into Georgia, but I think Tua is going to bounce back, um, have another outstanding season like he did last season. The injury maybe concerns me a little bit, but I think this defense will still be just as good as it always is. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go with Alabama. I'm going to go with Alabama winning the SEC – and to a winning player of the year. Um, I, gosh, it's so cliche. It's so, this conference is so tough, and I'm so excited that we get to cover it. Yeah, it's it's so cliche to take Alabama, but if you deny Alabama, it looks dumb. It's honestly dumb to bet against Alabama. It looks dumb to bet against Alabama. At this point in American history, it's not a smart bet to go against Alabama. Definitely. So <laughs> I just – I hate I hate just automatically <laughs> jumping on the Alabama train. But Alabama is just so good, and they they didn't lose that much. They really didn't. They really didn't. And Jerry, Jerry Judy, the wide receiver for Alabama, um, he's back. They're calling him the next, like, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, or Calvin wow. Ridley. So, I mean, uh, I mean, he had a pretty good year, 68 catches for – uh, 1,300 yards, 14 touchdowns, average 19 yards a catch. I mean, that's fantastic. That is so very fantastic. DeAndre Swift, that's it, who the running back so, I was talking about for. Uh, I was blanking on his name. DeAndre it's just, Swift. It's just hard for, to deny Alabama. For Georgia. Um, Georgia's going to be good. I think a question mark for Georgia is their wide receivers. They lost some pretty good wide receivers, but they kept the good running backs. You can't run the ball every time, especially when you have Jake Fromm at the helm. And even with those guys, you're like, well, why can't you run the ball well, every what's time? Really, yeah. What's really good with Jake Fromm— Because Alabama won't catch on to that and stop you. Exactly. Or LSU, or, you know. What's really good about Jake Fromm, though, and what makes Georgia such a convincing candidate for the SEC is that he can take wide receivers that nobody knows and that you aren't having on your radar and turn them into radar guys. He really can, and that that's an elite quarterback. So I think I think it wouldn't it wouldn't be stupid to take Georgia and pull off the you know get over the hump. Clemson did that for a little bit. Clemson would be playing Alabama and they'd be like ah right there, and then they come back and they finally did it and they beat them. Yes. So I'm going to take Georgia. And I'm going to say Georgia is going to get over that hump of Alabama. And win the SEC. And win the SEC. Do I think they will win the national title? No. But 
I think we'll get to that later. We'll get yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that later. I think Georgia will finally. I know it's going to be weird because now they're they're not going to have the wide receiving core, like I said. But I think Jake Fromm knows what he's he. It, it's it when you see a player like so Jake, much experience coming yes. back for both of these, and when teams. and when you get your number taken by Alabama a couple times, you finally figure out what I think you should figure out what it takes to beat them, and I think he's got it, and it's going to be Georgia atop of the SEC this year. I'm calling it, and I'm sticking Boom. it right now. I'm not going to. Does Jake Fromm win SEC Player of the Year? No. Two it does. I think. You know what? Yes, Jake Fromm does win. So you have so I have I'm rolling I'm rolling tied and you're yes. going with the Bulldogs. Yes, I think Jake I know Tua's gonna have a fantastic year. Don't 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 mistake. Ah, absolutely. Tua's going to the NFL. I mean if you think otherwise. So is Jake <laughs> Fromm. Jake Fromm's also gonna be a high pick in the NFL. So that's what makes these teams so tough. They both have great head exactly. coaches. They both have great defenses. They, win. they both have great quarterbacks. I it's just, a toss-up. Yes. I win Alabama. Nolan goes Georgia. I think Jake Fromm will win. The only way, though, that I see Tua maybe sneaking in and taking player of the year is that Tua is the two-way quarterback. Jake Fromm is not a two-way quarterback. It's true. I could see Tua matching well, him Jake in Fromm yards. Jake Fromm doesn't need to be because Jake no. Fromm has the best running back in the SEC. Exactly. But I think Tua is going to exploit offenses the same way, and that's why I could see him sneaking in there. But I'm going to stay confident. I'm going to take Jake Fromm winning the SEC Player of the Year. He's going to he's going to do it. Outstanding. We Woo! we are so <laughs> excited for Week One. Um, next week on Tuesday Takeover, we will recap those Week 1 games. We'll kind of pick out the highlights. It's going to be a lot of games that are going to be blowouts. But today I really wanted to preview the conference as a whole, not necessarily the teams um, game by game because they haven't played a game yet. So I wanted to preview, um, and I didn't really want to preview their upcoming games because yeah, and you know, I didn't want to preview Oklahoma playing. You know, who knows? Um, I wanted to preview the conference as a whole. Uh, we both took Oklahoma winning the Big Twelve. Uh, I took Ohio State winning the Big Ten. Nolan takes Michigan, or no, you talked no, yourself I out of Michigan. It and I Nolan talked Ohio himself State, out yeah. of taking Michigan and elected to go with the Ohio State Buckeyes. And then I choose Alabama. Nolan chooses Georgia for the SEC. When we come back, we are going to give you our early season college football playoff predictions. Way too early predictions. Way too early predictions. Before week one even starts, we are going to give our college football playoff predictions. Coming up on Tuesday's takeover, you're listening to KZLX 106.7, The X.